Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. I am joined by the fabulous Lynn McLean. She's a LCSW with a group private practice focusing on kids and play therapy and families in Houston, Texas. She's also a registered play therapist and a supervisor and trainer in the play therapy world. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. It feels so good to be able to talk to community even virtually. I know. The reason I asked Lynn to come on is because it's one thing to transition your individual private practice over into a virtual world with this pandemic. It's a whole other thing when you work in a way that traditionally hasn't been done virtually. It's not quite the standard of care <laughs> for people. Erin's here. She says, hello. She's another play therapist as well. So I thought um, Lynn's experience would be helpful for those of you out there who work with kids and families as you are navigating this pandemic and what it means for your practice. And I'm hoping too that this will be of encouragement to you. Um, so many therapists out there are talking about the phone's not ringing or there's panic. There's a lot of fear of what lies ahead, but I want to focus on what we do know and that there is some encouraging stuff happening out there. So thank you for being here, Lynn. Yeah, I'm happy to. So tell everybody a little bit about the services you offer at your practice, because you don't just do, you, you know, play therapy. There's a couple other things you have going. Yeah, so play therapy is um, one thing that we offer for little kids, especially child-centered play therapy, non-directive. But we also have added parent coaching. I added that to the practice several years ago because I think parents just need a path to get to where they want to go. Mm -hmm. And we also teach parent classes. So we teach parents to play with their kids in the way that we do. And mm -hmm. those are the main things that we do here. Yeah. So... You have how many other clinicians in your practice? Two others, correct? Two others, yeah. <laughs> I lose track of everybody, so I always have to make sure that I remember correctly. What sure. is, when things happened in Houston and things started to shut down, what was your initial reaction with it all? It <laughs> happened so fast that it was hard to keep up with the right thing to do. So we started, we moved adults online immediately, so parent coaching sessions. That was easy to do through our HIPAA-compliant um, simple practice platform. Mm -hmm. And in the past, I've always thought play therapy needed to happen in person. But once it became clear that we were looking at something longer term, I really dove into people who were doing play therapy virtually, because there have been people doing it for years. Um, with a whole lot of success. And so we kind of shut everything down for a week while we got some training and we made some plans. And then we started seeing our little people and their parents virtually. And it's been an adventure, but it's really been amazingly fun and effective. 
So what are some of the trainings that you went through initially to make that transition? The first thing that I did and asked my employees to do was to get some telehealth ethics webinars so that we knew we were practicing at the highest level that we could ethically. And we um, did a lot of just technical work on our technology to be sure that we were um, streaming and doing everything right. And um, the play therapy community is amazing. So a teleplay therapy Facebook community rose up. I think now it has something like 24,000 mm -hmm. members. Yes. And some real leaders are in that group and offering training. So Dr. Katie Sue Tillman, who practices up north in, I think she's in South Dakota or North Dakota, which I can't remember which one. She generously offered webinars about doing teleplay therapy and I attended and got my folks to attend and we found out more about um, the ethics of doing it, the techniques of doing it, what's appropriate to do in which case. And um, since then we've just been building on as we're able. Yeah, I think that that's important. What I like about your response was to pause for a second to do what you knew you could do easily and then remove the barriers to the other stuff through training. It's okay to pause for a second and get your bearing. And I think what's happening now with people in practices, we're a few weeks out. I know I've been in isolation for five weeks now. And so there's like this new flow and acceptance and routine for things. And so as that occurs, people are starting to now look at, okay, now that the dust is settling, where do things stand? So how was the response for your clients and the kiddos to move to virtual? It was funny, we had a variety of responses um, from parents, some were negative, some were positive, but the kids have been really comfortable with it. And that's sort of what I thought would happen. Kids tend to be more comfortable um, with computers and technology. Uh, some of our little clients are even sort of training us like, oh, okay, here, let me show you. Hit the share <laughs> screen button and then you can do this. So um, they've been adept and helpful. Um, the other thing I think that people forget is that kids have lost their whole world too. And so they are at home and they're missing their friends. They're missing mm -hmm. their therapists they're missing their teachers and so to see our faces has been mm. something that you can see them light up like they're so excited that we're there I love that what do you think was helpful that you had in place before the pandemic to help you weather this transition what are you glad that you had I think our relationship with our clients was really um, strong and personal. And I say that on behalf of myself and my therapist. And so when we came to them and said, listen, we're really trying to keep everybody safe and we're trying to do um, what we need to do, they trusted us, even though it seemed a little um, odd to them, they trusted us to take the next right step. Um, and then the other piece that was really helpful that I've learned from coaching with you and from boot camp was processes. So it was easy for me to have my VA like change the script. Okay, here's what we're doing for my employees. Here's what we are needing to do. And we had the framework in place. We changed some things, but yeah. all that framework was there to move into. Right. So some of those processes, I think if you don't know how 
to do like that initial consultation or how you're going to do the booking, then you're not just adapting to a pandemic, but you're also creating all new things all over again into just tweaking and being flexible with whatever is happening in the world and how it impacts right. your business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So as you look kind of forward, what do you mm -hmm. feel is the next steps for you in the play therapy practice? I think it was important for us to get to our clinical centers and get to our passion for our mission. Mm -hmm. And we're really solid in that now. Mm -hmm. So we aren't coming from this place of panic, like, oh my gosh, how are we going to see clients? What's going to happen? Mm -hmm. We're in this place of knowing that our faces coming through to our little people matter to them, mm -hmm. um, helping parents through all this help. So we're coming from that and now letting people know we're here. Mm -hmm. We're here for you. Um, and so making more of that known to people like media, social media, direct contact, mm -hmm. all of those things are, is what we'll probably be doing. So in terms of the marketing piece, sorry, I had to plug mm -hmm. my laptop in. Can you believe that? <laughs> yes. I was like, let me just discreetly reach for the plug. Okay. Let's just be honest, you guys. Yes, <laughs> I think that that visibility piece is kind of is essential. First, being mm -hmm. visible to the people you serve. And mm -hmm. then once that is cared for, once the people that you already have been working with have been taken care of. And let me just mm -hmm. say, I think Lynn's kind of underselling a little bit. She wrote she did letters to everybody. She trained mm -hmm. her staff on how to talk about it. She made mm -hmm. sure her staff felt confident about the move over to it. Mm -hmm. She had everyone on board. She wasn't pulling them and pulling teeth. She was helping no. them rise to the occasion, which I think right. was really important. And it gave right. those families confidence. Um, I think that, you know, Miranda and I did a Facebook Live a few weeks ago about how people were missing the opportunity for having these kind of conversations and doing the transition in a way so that people could continue to get the support they need. Cause like you said, kids now more than ever, yeah. everything, you know, they need that familiar face. They need that contact, even though it's not what you're used to, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But once those people have been served and you mm -hmm. have that in flow, now you're ready to reopen up your marketing. Right. right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because there are people struggling in ways that they maybe weren't before. Like we're in completely uncharted territory. And I feel like we as play therapists serve as interpreters for kids. Mm -hmm. So um, parents are interpreting like, oh, they'll never do what I say, or they love being on screen. Why won't they do their homework? Um, it's, it's not the same thing. So for us to be able to speak kid language and help support parents through this, I think is a really important next step because families are making their way in the best way they know. Mm -hmm. But the ones that I know are really stressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think in terms of the pandemic? Because one of the things we've been talking about is how um, the pandemic highlights the gaps in the business. So where do you see that you want to strengthen moving forward? Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program 
created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started. Um, I do think that I need even stronger, like disaster plans, if you will. I think mm-hmm. um, a stronger um, backup plan for all kinds of things, technology, savings, all of those things, because, you know, we're in Houston, hurricanes hit too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are in a, a centralized disaster zone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, the other thing I would say is creativity is a huge piece that's mm-hmm. really been for me because Mm. like I said earlier I was so stuck in this oh play therapy has to happen only this way Mm -hmm. and it's just like we won't be able to do it we'll have to shut our doors I went through that whole panic piece and then I got a little more creative I got more open and it's even led me to be able to do virtual parent coaching work with someone who I thought I couldn't do that with Mm -hmm. in another town. I was like, kind of wrote it off, but now Mm -hmm. I'm realizing I can reach out to people and we can serve people in new ways. Um, so that creativity is Mm -hmm. giving new energy around what we're doing. Yeah. And expands the possibility of where you can serve. Yeah. I think again, Lynn is focusing on serving her clients first and then moving towards who in her community and other areas that in Texas, that are underserved that she can reach out to mm-hmm. and find, you know, support for them. I think that that's an important part of the marketing. How have you been managing getting through it? What's helped you? Um, structure everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, at first, I think every week there was a theme, right? An emotional theme. So the first week was pretty much panic. The second was overworked because I was trying to like turn the battleship to a different mm-hmm. way. Um, the third week was, I think, probably collapsed. And so finally, in the fourth and fifth week, I started to um, understand more about what I needed in terms of structure, routine, a lot of self-care, my own therapy, consultation with the therapeutic community, um, all of those things I really neglected to begin with. And so mm-hmm. now that I have them more strongly in place, mm-hmm. it's really helping. Oh, that's great. Well, see, that's, an, again, another example of how this whole thing is showing us what we need, you know, and it's not a failure. It's just saying, Hey, let's just tend to this area. So if you're watching this, I want you to consider what is your business telling you that it needs? What is your body telling you it needs? What is your life saying it needs? Because it's not that you need to react. You need to be thoughtful and responsive to what it's saying. Cause some people are saying their phones aren't ringing at all. And to me, I want to say to that, there are people whose phones are ringing. Maybe it's not the same volume. Some people it is. It really varies varies in area to area. And what was happening prior to the pandemic? How much of a shift have you experienced, Lynn? Honestly. Honestly, it's gotten a lot quieter. And um, we have had one new client who had reached out to us before we went virtual. Mm-hmm. And they went on and followed through. They've done their intake. Our therapist has established a great rapport with parents and kids, and they're on board. We also have other parents who are interested in our parent class, 
And we have one in particular who keeps saying, come on, offer a virtual lunchtime parent class. And so we're really looking to put that together because we, right. we have people who are seeing the creativity and the possibility also. So we're trying to get that going. So it's slowed down for sure, but it's not, it's not dead. No, it's not. And I think that's the interesting part and one of the trends we are seeing. I don't know how well I'm coming through. It looks kind of choppy, but okay. But that when people call, they're really interested. It may be fewer, but it's a higher interest and a higher commitment and seriousness about following through. Mm -hmm. And so that's the other thing to focus on. And again, Lynn has a very good process in terms of assessment and her initial consultation. And she already had classes. So she are, she's not inventing something brand new here. She's taking something and just pivoting it virtually to apply to these parents because maybe having their kids isn't ideal for the family, but working directly with the parents is a better way of working for what this kid needs. I tell so, you the times that we've been a fly on the wall to some of these virtual sessions, I've been able to see things that I couldn't see before. And it's been really great. Yes, there's so much value to this work. And all these assumptions that we've made get blown up, <laughs> like eradicated. But I think too, yeah. like, we wanna be careful not to assume why the phone isn't ringing. Mind you, Lynn also stopped marketing for a bit because she needed to, she needed to gather her people together and turn the battleship, as she says. <laughs> so it's not just pandemic, it's that the flow stopped and it needed to stop. I don't think taking new clients in those first three weeks would have been ideal, honestly, <laughs> knowing how that transition is. But now that you feel ready, you can now up the marketing again to get the calls going back to what they were. Right, absolutely. The other thing that we're doing is I'm, I'm helping my staff. So we used to have a staff meeting once a month. Well, now we're meeting once a week because they need some help. We're figuring out a different approach for different clients and different parents. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing I'm spending energy on. Yeah. So I think what I, I'm just so encouraged because of the lessons of, of pivoting here and the creativity and getting rid of assumptions and myths about you can't do it this way. It has to be done that way. Especially with kids. I don't work with kids, but I had always assumed it had to be done in the room, you know, and not virtually. And thank goodness for people like you and other play therapists out there who are translating this work into an online world so that kids and families can continue to be supported. It's so, so very important. So marketing is next on the list to get that going again. Um, when you think about uh, the next steps in terms of your marketing, what's the first thing you want to do? The first thing I want to do is just really let people know that we're here. Mm -hmm. um, I think that a lot of folks don't even know that we're open to know how it might work for their family. Mm -hmm. And to, um, again, like what's really in my heart right now is being an interpreter for kids because a lot of parents are so frustrated, discouraged, um, really at odds with their kids. And so I'd really love to let parents know through Facebook Lives and blogs and things like that, like what what it means when their kid is refusing to brush their teeth for the fifth time this week. 
<laughs> what does it mean, Lynn? No, They're, so <laughs> They're so stressed. They're so sad. They miss their friends. They miss soccer. Yes. They're so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So first point of marketing is being visible and letting people know that you are even still seeing kids. That's because right. if I, as a therapist, am assuming it can't be done, imagine all the families out there who are right. assuming they are going to have to wait. Right. So, Lynn, I just want to thank you for coming on here and sharing what you've been going through. And I'm hoping that those of you that are listening are inspired. Check out Lynn at Houston Family Therapy Associates and, and see that people are still working. People mm -hmm. will still call you. There is a need for you. And our communities need us. We need to show up. Once you have the systems in place, you will be better prepared to help people with that. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Lynn. Yeah. If there's any, if anyone is feeling overwhelmed and stressed like you were on week one and two, because I remember how you felt then, <laughs> what do you want to say to them right now? To stick with it. We did this yesterday in supervision. What do you, what would you tell you two and a half weeks ago? And it's like, just, just write it out, take a breath, don't panic you have what people need and stick with it stick close to what's close to your heart all right okay you guys we're having a master class in marketing next week where we're going to be sharing more of these stories and action items we'd love to have you join but thank you lynn for being here thank and being you. a part of our community i love getting to share you with people i'm so proud of you and i'm proud of the work you're doing thank and um if any of you play therapists need consultation, there's your gal right there. So, all right, you guys take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.